That's enough for that. Now, are you ready for the word? Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Woo. Today, uh, we have been talking a lot about uh, legacy and uh, alumniship. We've talked to, right? That's what we've been talking about. Last week, we talked about legacy. Two weeks before that, or a week before that, Bishop, my mentor, Dr. Williams, came in and talked about fear of rejection. And we did not have a conversation about that. And I did not know he was going to share about, uh, on, on fear of rejection. It was a powerful service because it was just, what, two months before that that I shared with you guys that God had delivered me from rejection. That rejection comes in two ways. And this, I'm not in the message yet. Rejection comes, the, the spirit of rejection comes in two ways. One is, when you have been attacked by the spirit of rejection, the first way is that you, you see rejection coming and you run the other way. If you are not delivered from that spirit, doesn't matter what the trauma was when you were growing up, if that spirit of rejection is not dealt with, you will not make a good spouse. Amen. You can't. Because every time you, you feel a little bit of something, quite often unintentional by the other person, instead of just stick, sticking around to have the conversation eventually so that you can share what you're feeling, you just run away without dealing with it. So the intent is, I'm going to reject you before you reject me. And you live a life of that. I, 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 nope, nope, I see, I see. And you, you start judging things that sometimes somebody's not really intending in the way you're, you're, you're seeing it. But because you are, I've got this paradigm in your head, instead of engaging it, you, you run away from it. A lot of times we call people like that antisocial. I was the opposite. And I can tell you, almost every major decision in my life up until the last two years came as, an, as, a, as a root of, of rejection. On my side, whenever I felt rejection coming on, my A personality would press in. I will not allow you to reject me. If it was a girl in, a, in my younger years, I'm going to send more flowers. If I feel like you, 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 you know, there might be some other options in your eye, I'm going to buy you a nice chain. We're going to go to dinner. So I'm, I'm going to press in until I'm satisfied that you're going to embrace me. Never paying attention to why you were embracing me. Quite often in my friendships and relationships, People came into my space and stayed in my space because they were just tired of saying no. Yeah. 
And you don't want people in your life that stay in your life because they're tired of telling you no. It was until two years ago, almost, that God delivered me from the spirit of rejection. And now, I laugh more, I'm relaxed, I don't, I'm, I don't stress on stuff. I just hand it over to God. Just, I ain't going to worry about that. No, 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 no. No. God is changing me. God is operating in my life. He's fixing me like I, he needs me to be fixed. So I don't need to worry about you not liking what he fixed. You can come or you can go, but God's going to continue fixing. Tell somebody that you can come or you can go, but God will continue fixing me. Oh, have mercy. Is that powerful or what? You can come and you can say that without being nasty, you know. Listen, I, I know you got a lot of things going on and you're busy and everything. You, you know, you, you, you know, I know, I know, you don't have time, but, but, but God, is, God, God continues to fix me. <laughs> you just told him, you just, you just, you just laid him out. You could come or you can go. God's going to continue to fix me. <laughs> Ooh, hallelujah. Okay, let's change it and just say hallelujah. Give God a hand. Yeah. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, let's go to Second King, uh, First Kings. Uh, don't even put the title up as yet, uh, Elder Grant. Thank you so much. Uh, First Kings chapter three. If you're taking notes, write this down. We're going to read First Kings chapter three, verses sixteen through twenty-eight, very quickly. But for homework, I want you to back this message up with Second uh, Peter one. Verses 1 through 8. Read it from the Amplified Version. So we're not reading that today, but I want you at some point this week to back this message up using the filter of 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. Today, we're reading 1 Kings. Now, two women who were harlots came to the king, and this is the story of Solomon and the showing of the wisdom that God gave him, but I believe it will help us with what God is telling me today, and stood before him. And one of the women said, oh, my Lord, this woman and I dwelled in the same house and gave birth while she was in the house, and I gave birth while she was in the house. Then it happened, the third day I had given birth, that this woman... <clears throat> also gave birth, and we were together. No one was with us in the house, except the two of us in the house. And this woman's son died in the night because she laid on him. Accidentally, of course. So she rose in the middle of the night and took my son from my side. See, I was thinking it was accidental till I read this. See, if it was accidental and you wake up in the middle of the night and your baby's dead, 
you spend the next half of the night doing what? Doing what? There you go. You might not have seen this before, but when I read it this time, this jumped out at me. That she gets up in the middle of the night and took her son that was dead and swapped him. So while your maidservant slept and laid uh, him in her bosom and laid her dead child in my bosom. When I rose in the morning to nurse my son, there, there he was, dead. But when I had examined him, only a real mama, I want you to get that. She had to be a neglectful, uncaring mother, the one that swapped them out, to think that somebody else wouldn't know their baby switched out. See, when you don't mind your own baby, you think everybody else treats their child the same way. When you don't show care for your gifting and your purpose and your baby, you live thinking that other folk are just as nonchalant, carefree as you are. But that's not the case. He was not in my... When I rose, yeah, we read that. He was not the son that I bore. Then the other woman said, No, but the living one is my son, and the dead one is yours. And the first woman said, No, but the dead one is your son. The living one is my my son. Thus they spoke before the king. The king said, The one says, This is my son who lives, and your son is dead, is the dead one. And the other one says, No, but your son is dead, is the dead one, and my son is the living one. We don't know who to believe. 24. Then the king said, bring me a sword. So they brought a sword before the king. And the king said, divide the living child in two and give half to one and give half to the other one. Then the woman whose son was living spoke to the king, for she had yearned with compassion for her son. And she said, oh, my Lord, Give her the living child, and by no means kill him. But the other said, let him be neither mine nor thine, but divide him. I'm telling you, not everybody cares about their gift like you do. This is a season when... I'm going into the message too fast. So the king answered and said, give the first woman the living child and by no means kill him. She is his mother. 
And all Israel heard of the judgment which the king had rendered, and they feared the king, for they saw that the wisdom of God was in him to administer justice. I want to call this message simply feed your baby, grow your gift. Feed your baby, grow your gift. Let me give my little definition for you. So we're building something here. Your gift is your baby. Your gifting is your baby. Your purpose is your baby. Your God-given passions. That's anything God has given you for which you have natural ability, see clearly when nobody else does, and it stirs you with bubbling excitement when you talk about it. Let me, let me say that again. Because if we're gonna talk about baby and birthing, and we've been talking about that, and legacy and connection, we need to really define in our context what, what we're trying to get to. Your gifting is your baby. Your purpose is your baby. Your God-given passion is your baby. That's anything God has given you for which you have natural ability, you see it very clearly, and it stirs you with bubbling excitement when you talk about it. It's your baby. Now that we've defined it, I'm going to give you four points this morning. Two of them are from our story, and two of them are connected to the headline, to the topic. Number one, do not allow lying lips to make you lose it. Do not allow lying lips to make you lose it. Remember, remember, this is about your future. This is about your family. This is about your legacy. And this is about your inheritance. Or, or your child or your, your relatives, what they're going to get from your life. Do not allow lying lips to make you lose it. Because this right here, the reason you're fighting the good fight, the reason you're coming to church and trying to release yourself in worship, the reason you are, you are sincerely giving it daily effort to walk this thing out is because this is your future. that this is going to affect your family, that this is about your legacy, what you leave behind as an example for the others, and this is about your inheritance, what they receive after you're gone. I want you to see 
the first lady, they both have been given babies. Like the 12 versions, you remember that? They both have something good. They both have been given the gift of life. They both have been given the gift of purpose. They both have been given the gift of motherhood. They both have been given the, the gift of growing something that was not there a few months ago. They've been given the task, both of them, of expanding on a miracle placed in their hands. We don't get it right off the bat. But as you read, and I picked on it as we were going through, you begin to realize that somebody got a gift that didn't belong to them. Somebody got a baby that should have never been in their hand. Somebody was blessed by God with purpose that they have treated so irrationally, dumbfoundingly rude that you know they were not supposed to have it. That's that woman who lies on her baby. You read thinking that it was an accident. And then you suddenly, in the very next verse, see that when she wakes up to use the bathroom, in the middle of the night, and realizes her child has been dead or killed because of her own behavior. Not willfully, accidentally, we, will, we were thinking. But when you move to the next verse, and you hear that she got up and proceeded without any mention of crying. Any woman, mother, in her right mind, noticing that her baby died in the middle of the night, would get up, not just crying, what would she be doing? Wailing, screaming, let the world know what happened here. Help! But not this one. She proceeds to make a conclusion, come to a conclusion that only folk that don't understand the specificity of our God operate. There are folks that will come into your life that think, that behave, that act like any gift is any gift. And quite often they have the audacity to think they could just step up into your place and operate in your gift. That they can just switch gifts out. That they can just flip babies. That it don't matter that God did not have a specific intent with the gift and purpose that he gave to you. The church is filled with that type of person right now. Yes. 
They have no caring for what God has specifically called them to do. They have no concern to develop or even find out about the specific purpose God has for them right now. Sister Odessa, they want to just walk in and out and pick up any baby, anything they can lay their hands on. And the, the, the frustrating thing about it is that they never finish. One of my toughest jobs as a pastor that I did not know I would have to face is, is trying, and that's why I press in on praying for discernment so much and asking God for vision oversight. Because folks are going to come in and they are more excited than a one-legged man in a fanny-kicking contest. They are ready to do whatever you got to do. Just give me something. And quite often they like to choose what they want to do. And you make the mistake of handing something over to them and time you turn your back, the baby done died. She lied. When she lied about this baby being hers, the real mama could have lost it. I am venturing to say that this morning in this auditorium, for all of the hundreds watching online, that you are not going to allow the words, the behavior, the actions of people towards you to affect your God-given concern and nurturing for the gifting, the purpose, the baby that God has given to you. I don't know about you, but I have made my mind this year, I am not going to talk myself out of a blessing. I have made up my mind this year that I am not going to gossip myself out of God's favor. I have made up my mind that I will not. I will not. Us and fume and cause the wrong thing to come out of my mouth and mess up my baby. I, I've had some, some abortions, some spiritual abortions. Most of them not willful. But I have aborted some babies. Some things that God placed in me as purpose. Yeah. There are things that God downloaded on me as gifting yeah. in the past. I 
I allowed somebody to put their mouth on me. And I reacted instead of responded. <laughs> I got emotional instead of wise. <laughs> and I lost out on that moment, that month, that day of purpose. And God has been so good. Some, let's tell somebody God is good this morning. That as many times as you have killed babies in the spirit, as many times as you have squandered purpose in the spirit, as many times as you have kicked giftings, he still comes back and says, you're my child, I love you. Huh? I'm not moving from there. You're my child and I love you. You're my child and I love you. I'm going to give you another chance. You're my child and I love you. I'm giving you another chance. Why? Why would he do that? Who wouldn't serve a God? Who wouldn't testify about a God like that? Who wouldn't invite someone to meet a God like that? Don't you let liars make you lose it. They're going to lie about the facts. One of the things one of my best friends told me in the last five years as I've walked through some stuff was you cannot out-defend a lie. Do you understand? Every time you try to make it right, they're going to add something to the story. They don't have to think about it because it's a lie. They make it up as they go. You have to think about it. You're going to be stressing about it. You're worrying about what you should say to defend yourself. Stop defending yourself. God. God. I said, God. I said, God. Jehovah. Ezar will help you. Jehovah. Ezar. He's your help. Hey, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, oh, there's more, there's more, there's more, there's more. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Number two, number two, number two. Uh, be alert, be alert, be alert, be alert. Come on, be alert, be alert, be alert. Sometimes God will show you yourself. As you serve someone else's selfishness. 
have you served someone else's selfishness before? The old you wants to just shoot them. The old you wants to get some money together and get them knocked off. Uh-huh. Oh, you wants to poison them slowly. Because they don't touch nothing unless you see them suffer like they made you suffer. But God, who is great in mercy, but God, who is Jehovah, he's uh, my help. But God, who is Jehovah Jireh, my provider. But God, who is Jehovah Rapha, my healer. But God. But God, 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 but God. Be alert. Be alert. She lied. I want you to see that this woman did not get into a fight over babies. She found her help. She found her help. Some of you have lost your baby because you got into a fight with somebody. You don't have to fight for what God has for you. You don't have to fight. You don't have to cuss. You don't have to lose it. He will defend you. He will defend you. He will defend you. Look at somebody and tell them, he will defend me. He Think about something that he's, bring, that he's working on right now and you just tell him, he will defend me. 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 I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood that saved me. He will defend me. Be on alert. Sometimes God will bring salvation to you as you serve someone that is selfish with you. She said, don't kill it. Don't kill it. That has got a future. I know God. Give me that purpose right there. I know God bless me with that gift. I know God's going to do something in the future from this thing right here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know. So, I'm not going to fight. Don't cut it, don't destroy it. If you think you can do it better, 
you go ahead, I'll pray for you. I want you to see that she did not, she would not consider hurting that baby at any point. She was willing to give the whole baby away so that the baby would live. Sometimes, Sister Odessa, Sister Angela, Tony, you're going to have to make a decision to let them have it. You look at them, you know they're going to tear it up. You've seen how they live. You know how uncommitted they are. They're going to mess it up. You know that they never finish nothing. But, but for the life of the baby, for the life of the purpose, for the life of the gifting that God has placed within you, you go say, go ahead. This right here is a good gift. This right here is a good, great purpose. It's going to serve the church well. You go ahead and do it if you think you can. And I'm willing. I'm, I'm going to pray you through. And there's a part of you that wants to slap the smile off of their face. There's a part of you that wants to, I mean, but you're going to stand there and you will respond and you're not going to react. You're going to run on the spirit of God, not the emotion of your flesh. You're going to let God guide your tongue. And you're going to bless them. She said, let her have it. Keep it alive. She know that lady wasn't worth a plug nickel. She knew right there and then when she said, let her have it, she knew by this point that it's highly likely she's going to kill my baby too. If I let her have it, she's going to find a way to lay on it and kill it too. But I got to make the right decision. Sometimes you're going to have to make a God decision. <laughs> Knowing very well that releasing it will mean that it will never happen. But God doesn't judge you on whether it happened or not. God judges you on how you responded. We're coming in. I just need just a few more. You got to find your help. You got to find your help. David said, my help cometh from the Lord who made the heaven and the earth. He will not, he will not suffer my foot to be moved. He's the rock. He cannot 
operate outside of his name. Find your help. Separate friends. Separate your friends from your fools. Find your help. Separate your friends from your fools. She could have found a couple of more people, start screaming and arguing, and for sure, if she had started a fight, pulling on the baby, there would have been a few more women that showed up to help her try to pull her baby away from the other woman, which would have ended up doing what? Hurting or killing the baby anyway. Not everybody that comes to you for, to give you help is trying to help you. You're going to have to pray, Sister Cooper. You're going to have to pray earnestly every day. God, help me. That's why I've been pressing on everyone to ask God for the spirit of discernment so you, you feel things that other people don't feel. That's why I've been begging you to pray every day. God, give me vision over sight so you can see stuff that other folk don't see. They're busy sighting stuff. But God's giving you vision. You're seeing, you're seeing the little man behind the curtain talking. You're going to have to pray ask God to help you divide your friends from your fools. Proverbs 18, 24. A man who has friends must himself be friendly. But there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. The first friend that you need to get close to is Jesus. You will not be able to figure out who's a fool and who's a real friend unless you start with the real friend. The first friend, the friend that you got to talk to every single day, the friend that you got to pray and fast so you could continue to hear his voice, the friend you got to cry to in your closet by yourself, the friend who you have to have a relationship with that says, I'm going to trust him and I can't trace him. I'm going to follow him into darkness because I know he's got me covered. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. A man who has a friend must be a friend himself. You got Jesus? Don't treat him like some passerby. Don't treat your fate like it's some kind of hold me, loose me kind of relationship. Press in. Make him a priority. I've said in the past, develop regular prayer time. Why do you develop regular prayer time? That I'm going to pray at this time every day from this time to this time. Why? Why did we say we're going to do that? Because our body does not, our flesh does not want to be what? Disciplined. 
regular prayer time, when you make yourself get up and pray for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 30 minutes before you start dressing for work, it is all about discipline. It's not just God wanting to hear you talk. Yes, he wants to hear your voice. But what, what he wants to create in you is a sense of discipline Amen. that you will not allow when you go out there, it don't matter what the devil throw at you. You are what? What Paul said? Unmovable? What's that? What's the first word? Steadfast, unmovable, always abounding. The word of the Lord. Because you don't know, or you do know, that your labor is not in vain. Separate your friends from your fools. I'm going to give you two about a fool. Give me, give me two on the fool. For, uh, Psalms 14.1. And we're going to do, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none who does good. You know it's a fool when they're not talking about praying first. The person may not be a fool, but they got a fool spirit on them at the time you talk with them. And you got to know, this right here is that fool spirit. You want to talk about all the facts? You want me to gossip about what I heard so-and-so say? And then you want to get off the phone and you ain't said nothing about praying with me. Yep, that's that fool spirit. What's the next one? 12, Proverbs 12, 18. There is one who speaks like the piercings of sword, but the tongue of the wise promotes health. Amen. You know it's a fool when they leave you and you feel more hurt than when they started talking to you. Has that happened to you before? You call them up, and all you want is for somebody to put some, some salve on your wound. And somehow, it don't matter how soft they speak, their words tend to make your scar reopen and start bleeding again. Because they don't know how to speak a word in season. They got that fool spirit operating in them. Don't be quick to call them a fool, but you better be quick to identify that fool spirit on the folk. Identify that fool spirit and stop it in its track. I'm going to give you one other point and then we're closing out. It's 12.15. If you foster, feed, 
and flourish your baby. That is what God has birthed. If you foster, feed, and flourish what God has birthed or is birthing through you, it will mature. If you foster, you handle it with care. You receive it with intent. You, you get it from God knowing, knowing this right here is my future. This right here is going to affect my children and my grandchildren. This right here, if I don't foster it right, if I don't hold it right, if I don't receive it right, it's going to be injured. Have you ever seen a mom in the mall get so upset in the line that she holds that baby by the one arm? Get yourself together. You tug them. And you're looking at them and you say, oh my God, don't you understand? That can dislocate that poor child's arm. They haven't learned how to foster. You have to learn how to foster your baby, foster your gifting, foster your purpose. Then you got to feed it. You got to feed it right. You got to feed it with the word. David said, thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. You got to feed it right. And you got to flourish it. You got to sprinkle it with water and fertilize it with encouragement. Remember when David was on the, on the pressure, on the push? His, he comes back to Ziglag and everything has gone wrong. His men want to kill him because their families got taken. His family gets taken and the Ziglag is burnt down. You know what the Bible says? David encouraged himself in the Lord. You're going to have to learn to flourish yourself in the Lord. You're going to have to learn to fertilize yourself in the Lord. You're going to have to learn to water yourself with God's word to keep you growing so that your baby, your purpose, your gifting can mature. Thank you, Jesus. Sometimes you can accidentally hurt or abort your baby or your gifting by not paying attention to the subtle changes in your own body and appetite. When you having a baby, sometimes early, especially for first-time mamas, they don't know they, they stay pregnant yet. They don't know the signs to look for. They don't know that they can't be lifting weights like they used to. You got to just get on the treadmill and walk. You know, as a Christian, only God can help you to find that. Because quite often you will have purpose, gifting, a baby in you 
that can easily be aborted if you don't know how to check on your physical or your spiritual health and what your appetite is. Young mothers don't know. They all of a sudden I feel like eating a pickle in the middle of the night. People don't eat pickle in the middle, or I want to eat some ice cream with pickles in it. That's not that, that's not normal right there. Something is changing. But if you're a first-time mama, you don't you don't get that f- for a couple of somebody got to tell you. Girl, did you get checked? You might be pregnant. Let God help you as you foster, feed, and flourish your gifting. Father, this morning we thank you. Lord, I don't know how you're going to use this word to change something in somebody's life, but I do know that we are in the midst of birthing season. For some of us, the baby is coming. It's in the birth canal. For some of us, the baby has already manifested in gifting. We got to learn how to take care of it now. We can't listen to voices. We can't react. We have to respond. We can't get help from just anybody. We got to figure out Friends from fools. Father, help us to bring this baby to fruition. Father, this is the year. No more abortions for me in the name of Jesus. Come on, come on. Would you stand with me? This is where we're closing. This is where we're closing. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Would Would you just speak that into your own, into your own space? This is my legacy year. This is my legacy year. This is my legacy year. No more abortions. I will not abort my gifting. I will not abort my purpose. I will not abort. No, sir. No, 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 no. I have aborted too many gifts. Too many babies, Lord. Too many places of gifting. This time around, I'm keeping it. 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 Tell him, tell him. Lord, I'm keeping my baby. 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 I'm a foster. I'm a feed. I'm a florist. I'm keeping it, Lord. Help me. Help me. Your name is Jehovah Esau. Help me. Your name is Jehovah Esau. Help me, Lord. Help me, help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. You are my help. You are my help. Help me bring it out. Help me develop it. Help me feed it. Help me mature it. Help me, Lord. 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 In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Did you sing that just one as we close out?
Just one, just one line of it. Just hallelujah. Everyone with me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Everyone, hallelujah, hallelujah, oh my God, hallelujah, oh, 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 oh God, hallelujah, you're my God. Hallelujah, you're my God. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. Hey, I think I've given, I've given your people what you asked me to give. I've released it in the way that you wanted me to. Father, let there be an impartation and an infusion of anointing on the word that will live in every soul this evening, tomorrow, all of this week, and continue to stir us. Stir us to maturity. Stir us. Stir us, oh God. Father, may your grace, your peace, and your glory cover your people. Protect, watch over us as we get to our places of, places of abode. Bring us back in the morning for devotion on Power Up and give us opportunity for purpose to walk through, to move through, to operate in us. In Jesus' name, we give you thanks, we give you praise, and we give you honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Give God a hand.